Welcome to Talk is Sheep, a podcast by the Wild Sheep Society of British Columbia. Join us as we cover conservation updates, tips and tricks to campfire chats. Episode 17. Already. Yeah, sweet. Uh, Great week last week, talking to Glenn Landris from the Wild Sheep Foundation, talking about Sheep Show, dropped that during Sheep Week, which... Uh, was a great success. So, um, yeah, yeah, this is a fun one. Uh, Had the Northern boys on. Unfortunately, uh, Robin was having some technical difficulties. So we had uh, uh, Robbie Inglet, uh, Robbie and Corey Green. They they did our first Northern Sheep Show uh, Northern fundraiser. And then uh, Josh joined the the board shortly thereafter that. We had had six of us on the screen at one time. It was kind of like a sheep hunting Brady Bunch, right? It was was kind of fun. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, you'll, you'll hear lots of references to, to Josh's beard. We're going to give away a hat if anyone can talk, tell us what the reference to Josh's beard was. So, And who uh, said it? <laughs> yeah. It's, you'll it's know tough. the reference we're talking about. It's <laughs> difficult to pick up, but if you pay close attention, you have to listen all the way through. And somewhere in there, you'll, you'll it's nuanced. You probably won't catch it, but if you listen close enough, there'll be a reference to Josh's beard in there. So. <laughs> that's totally not where I thought that conversation was going but <laughs> there's another hint there <laughs> uh, it's good. oh okay that's what you meant <laughs> we don't we don't have to I was I was ready to hit that uh, delete button or put in a 18 and over warning but we don't we don't have to it was good it took the complete opposite direction uh, funny so yeah uh, we got Robbie Corey and Josh on this one and unfortunately Robin couldn't uh, we couldn't get the audio uh, stuff to work with him so what we'll do is we'll do a northern show uh, on the disease work uh, Josh and Robin are heavily vested in the, the northern project stuff so we'll do one um, maybe have Chris Barker on our projects chair mm-hmm. and uh, do a really good update on northern projects a uh, li- little bit later in the year so uh, this is a really cool episode we talk about the northern fundraiser um, we're still working everything out, um, but we've got the, the meat and potatoes there. Um, in the interim, we do have a couple places to direct you. If you go to onlinehuntingauctions.com uh, mm-hmm. and you uh, do a search for Northern Fundraiser, uh, we've got auction items up there. we got about 30 really cool auction items, actually 20 right now, um, up for bids. And that's going to be live on February 6th. We'll have a live auction event at the Encana. Uh, event center, but you'll have to be online to get it. We can't do it because of the the virtual aspect around COVID, right? So. Mm-hmm. It's 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 going to be just just like Sheep Show. It's a little bit uh, different, but I'm sure we'll we'll make the best of a bad situation, right? Yeah, no, it's going to be fun. Uh, we'll have speakers there. We're going to do some raffles. Um, obviously, we still have our wild sheep raffles, and then uh, we launched one specifically for the Northern Fundraiser. It's going to be drawn February sixth live uh, on camera. And uh, Corlane's donated a custom rifle to us. Um, there's tickets for sale. They're 100 bucks each. Um, and you it's can go to our website. Rifle. Oh, it's amazing. Custom rifle, 6.5 PRC. 
Um, if you actually go to our Instagram page uh, for the Wild Sheep Society BC, it actually shows a video of them making. It's about a 20-second clip. Mm -hmm. uh, pretty cool to see. But to get tickets, if you go to wildsheepsociety.com forward slash raffle, we've got uh, um, tickets for sale there. It's 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 doing really well on sales. We're about 60 to 65% sold out. We'll expect Already. it to sell out beforehand. Yeah, for sure. It's like an $8,000 package or something, isn't it? Uh, total value on that was seven thousand six hundred nine dollars yeah. and eighty one cents. Yeah, so so close to eight thousand yeah. dollars. That's that's a ready to go package. You never need another one. Who makes the, yeah. the rifle? Like it's it's custom, uh, but like what what else is on it? Do you know, custom built by um, by Corlanes themselves. So oh, okay. it's a six five so, PRC. Uh, it's got a defiance action Wilson carbon barrel, Christensen arm stock, uh, trigger t uh, trigger tech trigger vortex razor HD LHT scope. Wow. Beautiful, beautiful setup. That's that's the ultimate mountain rifle right there, right? So wow, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, so good odds on that. Um, only one in two hundred tickets sold. The price it's pricey, right? Hundred bucks a ticket, but you got one in two hundred sh uh, shot at it. So well, pretty good money. odds on an eight thousand well, dollars setup. If, if you buy, if you buy uh, five Lotto Max packages at twenty bucks a piece, right? You've got more chances of being struck by lightning than you do winning this rifle for the same same price as that, right? <laughs> So yeah. I know what I'd rather chuck my money towards. And, and that money goes right underground in northern BC towards projects, right? Just like anything else. 100%. So yeah. that's huge. Completely dedicated to wild sheep conservation in northern BC. So that's right. um, as you noticed during the call we uh, or the podcast, we talk about where this money's going and it stays in the north mm -hmm. our, with our northern fundraiser. Um, so, yeah, this is a great listen. Um, fantastic. Uh, on the sheep training and hunting front, Steve, what did uh, <laughs> you get for... I, we talked about it briefly, but we didn't get into the gear because we talked lots about the training end of things. Um, what did you get for Christmas for your sheep trip? I got, uh, I, I hinted quite heavily to my wife by saying, here's a screenshot, this is what I want. So I got an MSR, <laughs> uh, something you recommended, an MSR uh, stove, which is going to be an essential, obviously, but it's one last thing that I have to get. Nice. And that goes into my pack. So, like like I said before, uh, I've got the good boots. I've got the great trekking poles. Um, working on the rest of the gear, but I, I still think the next thing that I need to get is going to be that pack. So, okay. do you run a wind burner? Is that what it is? is uh, the MSR? Yeah, yeah. yeah the okay. wind burner. That's the name of it. Uh, Have you tried it yet? No, I haven't. Uh, okay, it's been ironically too windy outside. We've been <laughs> getting thumped by the wind, and I don't want to be uh, out there trying to figure out something and screw around with it and get frustrated right yeah it's really cool so yeah i did recommend that to you i i've run a few different stoves um obviously i've used jet boil a buddy of mine that i hunted with had one another great product and yeah. um so i actually received this one as a gift from a friend of mine uh, my hunting partner and he bought one too and yeah we, we both run them we actually typically only take one on our, mm. our trip um just cut down on weight now we bring a little um pocket rocket right, um, right. one of, and i think the msr makes one of those too right, right. um pocket something i can't remember exactly what it's called uh but it's it's pretty cool um as well and as our redundancy right we got a backup and it's super course, lightweight so of course you always yeah. need to have that yeah. backup the other thing i learned from, from chatting right is don't just bring one put all your eggs in one basket you're in trouble right well bring, that's that's a like showstopper for you bring, right bring Possibly. extra boot laces too right same sort of thing Right. Yeah. You, you, yeah. you blow a lace up there, you're in trouble. So little little things like that. Well, ironically, interesting. Um, I only bring one lace. I don't bring two. Um, so they yes. talk about these ounces, right? So yeah. what are the chances you've blown two laces? It could happen, but 
you've probably got better odds of you getting struck by lightning. Backup for that, right? Uh, absolutely, yeah, See? for I sure. Paid, so. I paid attention to your list. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, so I just bring the one, uh, the yep. the one shoelace. That's right. Um, and then the stove. Um, yeah, the the stove actually, ironically, you can get by without it. You just so you, you just you're, you're eating de- dehydrated food anyway. So all you need to do is dehydrate. So what you do, I've done this before, where we've gone super lightweight commando. We're gonna go up um, the the hill and like super super minimalistic and not taking a stove with me for like two or three days. Wow. It's uncomfortable, like, but you're sheep hunting. You're used it's to doable. being uncomfortable, right? It's yeah. Doable. So I've, I've done that before where I'm heading up the mountain, leave the stove behind, and then you you find your stuff that stuff that could be dehydrated. Like with those dehydrated meals, they don't necessarily need to be warmed up. It takes warm. longer, but um, you can get away without it. Um, I shouldn't say that exclusively, but for most of them, <laughs> you can do that. So read, read right. the fine print. I don't want to get sued here, but uh, <laughs> yeah. So... Uh, cool, man. Um, well, it sounds great with regards to gear. We'll, we'll chat more on that. Um, do you have, have you figured out where you're going yet? No. Uh, and I'm not asking you to tell no. me. I'm just wondering if you got a spot. I, okay. Well, I, I'm going with a couple of buddies and he said, well, we got room in the plane. Do you want in? And I said, yes. And okay. he knows. I'm, I'm sure I could, it, it's somewhere in Northern BC that we fly. Okay. In so you're doing a fly in then. Cool. Yeah. 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 You know, I, that, there's always that question about fly-in versus hike-in, right? And Or jet boat, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I get, I've got a lot of questions of that around this podcast, too, about that. And uh, all three are great options. Um, the, the odds are, though, if you fly in, you're probably going to have better luck of getting away from the masses, right? You yeah. know, just... We're flying in and then hiking is all I know. Right, right. That's all yeah, I know. For sure. Well, that's it. Some guys think, oh, I'll, I'll fly in and then, you know, whatever. But you still, it's still a ton of work, right? Because oh, you gotta, you're got you not going to shoot a, a ram on the lake, right? And so, it's a 10-day uh, thing we're going for, too. So it's certainly not a, a, a get out of the plane and go, oh, there you go, and then jump back in, right? So there's, I'm, I'm expecting at least hiking 15K in a week, right? Like at least, right? <laughs> I'm going to really put myself to the test. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I think yeah. I think you put a few more K on that. Oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely. That's that's what my training is now, right? So awesome. Yeah. Well, it's good. Well, we'll keep an update on that. Mm-hmm. And uh, the cool thing is, we'll try and bring some guests on that that you can that you would go to as a resource, right? So maybe you know absolutely. for training, for um, food. I, um, we're working I also, on. I also, as Glenn said, I want to talk to somebody who has done it and said, Mm-mm, "Don't do this. This is what right. you shouldn't do on a sheep hunt." I think yeah. that would be pretty uh, educational for somebody like me as well, right? Well, I brought uh, iodine tablets. Should I? No, no, no. Or I, I brought one of those little tinfoil tarps that I bought at the dollar store. And, oh, boy, that was the most worst night of my life, right? Something like that I think would be pretty cool. This learn from my experience and learn from my mistakes type deal. I think that would be a pretty cool episode as well. That'd like yeah, that's great. Yeah. And then definitely with sheep hunting and you're learning every trip, like mm-hmm. I, or I am, I'm maybe, I'm sure the guide outfitters don't, they, they do it enough. But for me, every trip, I'm like, oh yeah, I screwed that up. Or I learn every single trip so right. much, right? And so. if, you're, if you're not learning well, you're not doing it hard enough, right? Yeah. Yeah, learn, absolutely. Don't put your foot there. It hurts, right? Even yeah. something like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right, dude. Well, let's uh, let's get into episode seventeen with the Northern Boys, uh, Robbie Inglet, Corey Green, and Josh Hamilton on the Northern Fundraiser. So, here we go.
If you looked up the words conservation superhero in the dictionary, you would see a picture of our friend Omer from Precision Optics, a tireless donor and supporter of all things wild sheep. Precision Optics, located in Quinell, British Columbia, truly stands alone in the high alpine. From optics to rifles to outdoor gear and a knowledge that cannot be surpassed, toss in that killer smile and you have a total conservation package. Precision Optics, we are truly thankful for the support you show us every step of the way. Find them online at precisionoptics.net or in Aroma Foods, located just off Highway 97 in Quinell, BC. How's things going, gents? Good, boys. How about you? Pretty awesome. So I, I hear Corey clipping away on the computer there. So he's obviously uh, busy putting auction items in for the Northern. <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, we couldn't get Robin on here. So we've got uh, the three of you boys. Can't wait to hear about it. So Northern Fundraiser. Um, you know, this is uh, this is a weird year for us. This is the first time we're not going forward with the Northern. So uh, there's obviously quite a bit of a backstory in the Northern. And uh, I think, uh, Robbie, if you want to jump right into it, you've... Uh, You've been involved with the Northern uh, for from the get-go. So let's talk about the genesis of it, not let's how to get started. Where did the idea come from and, and how did it evolve? Well, in the old days, uh, some good friends of mine used to go down to Kamloops or Kelowna. You know, back in the day, they used to switch the show between the two. So some real good friends of mine invited me to go down for the show. You know, on boys weekend, maybe have a couple beers or something like that, win some stuff. So I went to my first one in Cam or Kelowna, sorry. It was awesome. And then the next year it moved to Kamloops. So me and Corey had been hunting together lots and been friends since we were 14. So didn't really take much to talk him into going. So we went down for the weekend, won a bunch of stuff, uh, talked with uh, Mike Schroeder, Mike Southern about bringing one up to the North Country. And, you know, back then it was just a pipe dream. So then the next year... Corey, Marty, Jason, and I went back, and uh, at the end of the night, over a course of maybe one or two whiskeys, uh, me, Schroeder, and Southern really got to it, and then on the way home, or in the, the next morning on the way home, I was talking to Corey, and, you know, it took me about 31 seconds to talk him into jumping on board, so that's honestly how it started was Schroeder, uh, Southern, and then my first guy, obviously, was Corey. So we talked about it, and then uh, pretty much just winged it, really, the first year. We didn't really, uh, once, you're like, oh, yeah, you know, we could do a show, no problem. But once it actually came to fruition, uh, there's quite a bit of work. So we had our first show in Dawson, and uh, I knew a girl that ran the, the fix in Dawson, so approached her and, you know, could you set us up and feed us and stuff, and, they thought about it for a bit and got back to us. So we did the first year was uh, 238 people at the Fix in Dawson. And like I say, we were, we were just flying by the seat of our pants, but it was pretty awesome. So that year it was Corey and myself and then Schroeder, Southern, the boys, Kelly, all flew up. And that was when we met Josh and Robin. And uh, Robin was there helping out with some tasks Josh wanted to really get involved. So ever since then, from, say, the original four, five, six people, uh, we've grown tremendously. So, yeah. Uh. That's awesome, buddy. So the thing <clears throat> is, Robbie, the, the Northern is, 
uh, it's a special animal. Like it's uh, one of those ones that goes online. And this year we sold 450 tickets. Uh, well, 2020 we sold 450 tickets in 24 hours. So what what makes it so special? And what's the what's the engagement? And what's the buy-in? Why are people so, I guess, almost manic about it? And, and what why do they <laughs> want to be such a big part of it? Well, stone sheep. You know, I think that's the honest truth. Like everyone. Everyone wants to get it, harvest the stone. Everyone wants to hunt stones. Um, I think everyone wants to get involved in these conservation projects for stone sheep. You know, like I didn't know any. Like I'd been down south with some friends, Marty and Jason, and you know, going through Jasper, and you're like, oh, you see some of these massive bighorns, like right on the side of the highway, and that's pretty cool. And I've been to Spence's a couple times and Lit and Lillooet hunting the bighorns, but. It's just something else, you know, like down there, you can kind of almost honestly hunt them right off the highway within within a mile or two, right? Like depending on the zones you're in, but somewhere, let's just say, let's pick the Moskwa or Toshodi. You know, you're, you're five, six hours in a boat and you're anywhere from five to nine hours just to get to where it gets good, right? So I think it's just getting out there and everyone, first time I went, I didn't know what to you know, here I am 15, 16 years later, been on several stone hunts and Corey and I are sheep hunting partners and, you know, we're, we're already planning again for this year, next year and the next 10 years down the road. Like, I don't know if you would say mystique, but there's something about stone sheep that people just, so like the first show, um, we have a great donor out of Fort St. John, big time sheep hunter. Everyone knows who he is. We won't say any names, but I just cold called him. I said, hey, you know, like, this is what we're planning. This is what I'd like to do. And he's like, well, what are you guys looking for? And at this time, Swaro EL rangefinders were about $4,000 or something. And I said, you know, our dream would be to get a set of those. Uh, I'm not kidding you. Right then, I could, I heard his diesel. He turned off the road, chopped a donut in the parking lot. And then he said, okay, I'm going to let you go. And he drove right to backcountry. He called me back 15 minutes later. He said, hey, they're at the desk paid for for you and Corey. You can pick them up at your leisure. You know, like, I'd talked to this guy maybe three times, four times in my entire life. And just him knowing what we wanted to do. And and that's how it honestly went, Kyle. Like, we just, we were just, Corey and I didn't really know these guys yet. <clears throat> Corey knew some of them through work and whatnot. And I knew them just through Marty and Jason. And, uh just cold call him and honestly tell him what we were up to. And, you know, that year we had some pretty awesome, pretty awesome prizes and we had a little bit more rigmarole, but uh, like that show sold out too. And it just kept getting better and better, you know? Yeah, for sure. So, you know, you guys were jumping in the car and driving down to Kamloops uh, or Kelowna for these shows um, for 14 hours. All, all the Northern boys do that. right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, you know, where did that, where did that come from? Like, obviously you guys are sheep hunt, like love sheep hunting and are passionate about the mountains. Um, like Corey, what got you to your first show and, and, and why are you still doing it? You know, you, you put a ton of time in his VP. Um, where does that come from for you? The, you know, the, the engagement and the conservation uh, aspect of it. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, the first show was, was uh, in 2013 and that was Rob. Rob had been going down a few years and he said, Hey, do you want to go to the show? So we got a truckload of people together and went down and, uh, and yeah, I mean, that first show was the first time I'd been involved with, uh, 
anything wild sheep and and the conservation front so i just got an opportunity to see you know talk to other like-minded people passionate about sheep hunting passionate about conservation uh, i got to see how much money could be raised and and learn about projects that wild sheep sheep was doing so that really was the turning point for me on wanting to get involved and then of course the the next year we the northern happened and then and then uh, an opportunity to run for the board happened uh, that next year after the northern as well so everything just kind of escalated from there um so yeah commitment to being part of the northern uh, i wanted to get more involved with projects I, I haven't managed to do that yet with timelines but uh with uh, adding robin and, and josh to to the group up here has been huge to help northern grow and then help carry forward with projects because it takes a lot of effort and and they've, they've been doing the bulk of the project uh, stuff to date so. hey Corey, did yeah, it help right. that you that you want a tp tent at the first show yeah for sure yeah Helping winning the prize the first time I went didn't hurt either. <laughs> well, I think with that fr that first show was 2013 was in Kelowna. Um, I sat at your guys' table, so there was uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Rob Robbie and Corey were there. We were sitting there with Johnny Nykirk. I think Bridger was maybe at the table. Um, Tyler and uh, yeah, Tyler was there. Um, Tyler, yeah. uh, my buddy Mike Kirk and I think Tyler's daughter. I think um, Taylor. She sat with us as well. Yeah, Taylor was there. So it, it's funny, and then ironically. Um, the three of us were, we put our name in for the board that same year as well, right? So we've kind of mirrored that, uh, I guess that, I don't know, path, I guess, with regards to the Wild Sheep Society BC, right? That That's funny you brought that up, Kyle, because, yeah, we got down there and, you know, everyone's like, oh, I want to sit with this guy, I want to sit with this guy. And there was a table mix up and, you know, Kelly's great, but I hadn't really, I didn't really know her a whole bunch. And she's like, if there's something wrong with your table, like, oh, she might have threatened me, maybe she didn't, but it's great man you just go there and, and we met you and we met Tyler and we met all these guys you know if we'd have just sat with our friends maybe we wouldn't have met each other and became such good friends but it's it's kind of nice you know just to go there and there's 400 like-minded people in the room and you could pretty much just sit with anyone that's the thing like you go to some of these other events and just sit with some random people you'd probably be like ah you know but to go there to something like the sheep show and just sit with random people dude I do it all the time and you you make some amazing friendships and meet some amazing people. Yeah, absolutely for sure. Uh, well said, Robbie. So, uh, Josh, let's jump jump into your your past. So you got involved. It was it in the the second Northern fundraiser that you came in and started helping out, or the third one? I don't remember. I know Robin was on that second one. Were you at the second one too? Yeah, I was there. Uh, the first one, the the Dawson show, was my first show, and then uh, you know that had me pretty hooked right off then and then I went to uh we did the second Dawson show and I was able to be a donor uh kind of got a little bit more behind the scenes there but they were running around like crazy there's not a really good time to step in right at showtime kind of thing and then and then we went down to Kamloops and that's where I got on as director okay what uh yeah. what happened in Kamloops Josh oh there was lots that happened in Kamloops <laughs> started on the uh, Friday Friday night there's the pack horse race incident or the the backpack race incident there. <laughs> is that uh, is that is that how you got a certain nickname? Maybe. Yeah. Did you forget about that? <laughs> I totally forgot about. It. You know what? In the show notes, we're putting that uh, that picture in. That is the funniest thing that has ever happened at Sheep Show. That was unbelievable. So oh. tell the story, uh, Robbie. You tell the story. <laughs> Oh, I'll let, I'll let I'll let Josh tell it. It's even better. If too bad Robin's not on here. He tells it the best. 
Well, I mean, I just think those things shouldn't have been there. Not right at the finish line like that. Anyway, so I, Robin, there's a three-person team, and Robin was the in the middle. Obviously, I was the anchor because I'm the fastest. But, uh, <laughs> I, I couldn't get the backpack on. Like I had to, had to have all the straps done, and I just couldn't get the breast strap figured out. I had it cross-threaded, and uh, I can't remember who was there. Somebody helped me out finally, and I went ripping through the chairs, and it came through the finish line around the corner into the hallway. And they had those plywood sets up with the mounts and the horn on the pack hooked the horns on the wall and the whole shittery came down. <laughs> I think uh, it was actually your sheep and it was Barker's sheep, wasn't it? No, well, that's, that's, the, the, that's the irony is that, that that display was up there and we're super vigilant with mounts, right? They're people's mounts. We're super cautious with them. Um, we have security there. The whole works, right? If you're going to bring your sheep there, it's going to be looked after. Well, Barker and I put ours there. Uh, mine was on there too, Robbie. And and then Josh oh, nice. came through and he, and he hit hit Chris's. And amazingly, there was zero. There was nothing. Nothing happened other than your ego and and uh, was a bit bruised on that one. But uh, yeah. yeah, it was. Uh, anyway, that that doesn't <laughs> normally happen at our shows, but that was a one-off, and that was that was your introduction to the sheep world in Kamloops. So. No, it was in the next morning, like went to the life member breakfast and here then we're sitting, it was a pretty rough morning. And then we were sitting <laughs> at the, the table with you guys and Gray Thornton and a bunch, you know, a bunch of people and had a great conversation. And then it was after that, at the AGM that I signed up and well, there was, there was an open position and I saw a good opportunity. Like I'm always wanting to speak my mind, I guess. And it was a good opportunity <laughs> to bring funds back to the North. Right. So. I think we saw some potential in the in the growth that we've seen over the last couple of years, and it's really been it's really been a nice thing to be a part of. We sure. uh, we saw our we saw our potential in you a little rough on the outside, but pretty good. <laughs> Thanks, Rob. <laughs> kind of like a kind of like a bull in a china shop, but still pretty yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> so, Josh, you, you you were a guide. You did a bunch of guiding and stuff like that, um, and you're actually from the south, right? You you grew up in the uh, interior of BC, so. Uh, you know what what was your journey like i guess you grew up in a did you grow up in you grew up in a hunting family your brother's a hunter and that sort of stuff right so yeah we weren't definitely the hunting family to the level we are now for sure that's kind of an evolution of its own really and probably lots of that is moving to the north um yeah we grew up hunting there and you know there was sheep around home and i haven't done a whole lot of i've guided a guided a handful of hunts and that's 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 i've really enjoyed it like i don't need to be the one pulling the trigger it's uh it's a cool thing to be a part of for sure. Anytime. Yeah. yeah. Right on. So you don't do any guiding now. It was, this was stuff you were doing before you got involved or do you do some guiding? Yeah, now? probably over the, I mean, since, since I started sheep hunting and then I got into the guiding. So, you know, over the last six years, six, seven years, I've been able to do some guiding. Uh, none, right. none this last year. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. For with, sure. uh, with young children, it puts, uh, it makes, it adds for more challenges. Right on, um, Robbie. Let's jump into you. Like, where, where's, where did it start for you? Like, um, you know, I, I've always known you as a hunter, but like, where did your passion for wild sheep and conservation and, and hunting, where did that all come from, as a kid, or what's the story there? Well, my dad was always a meat hunter. You know, he's a really good hunter. Like, my dad and four or five uncles would go to Fort Nelson and moose hunt or whatever but it always seemed that my dad would always come home with a moose and a, and a deer you know and we ate wild meat for forever you know so my dad like my dad was a, like a big time meat hunter you know he'd always get a moose to feed the family for the winter and 
Oh, fishing too. Like we spent a lot of time, a lot of time. If there was a weekend that it wasn't hunting season or something, you could find us in the Pine Pass. You know, we did uh, up in that Heart Lake country, we spent all kinds of time in there. Um, up on the Burnt, Sekunka, Murray, all that, all that good fishing, you know. And then uh, later on, I got a little bit older and uh, got into deer hunt with my dad quite a bit. And then there was a period where we moved to town we were getting a little bit older and my mom just didn't really like the, like she'd eat, eaten, sorry, wild meat her whole life. And she just didn't really crave or want to cook the moose meat anymore. So my dad took about a five year hiatus from hunting there or whatever, just happened to coincide with the greatest deer hunting the peace country's ever seen. So I'm a little bit sad about that, but anyways, and then, uh, Corey and I have some great friends, Marty and Jason and uh, they're friends with cam and cam's dad got him into like sheep hunting big time when he was about 15 or something like that so marty and jason had a boat and they were going up you know say let's just say the musqua to shoddy country and uh one year jason just said hey do you want to do you want to go sheep hunting on the opener oh yeah cool sheep hunting sounds rad you know like i'd hunted a lot of moose and elk and stuff and so anyways we went on a pretty good jet boat ride and walked about 13 miles uphill just to get to where we camped and then we saw some sheep we got on some sheep we didn't uh we didn't kill any sheep but uh just stopped being on the mountains in the middle of nowhere for nine days honestly like i say that was the first real trip that i went on with my buddy jason and uh got home got home from that was already planning like how do i how do i get back you know i knew i knew a boat was out of my means but I think I did probably seven, seven or eight trips with Jason, and he's a great friend of mine. He's a great sponsor of Wild Sheep Society BC um, boat guy. So, you know, he would always call me. Or there was some. I remember one one year um, he owns his own company and whatnot. So, him and I went sheep hunting. I think three or four times that year. He would just call me, and I I was new to oil and gas, and I had a great cross shift that just loved. He was addicted to work, so. Him and I would do mutuals and Jason would call me like, hey, I got 10 days or five days or six days. And I talked to my cross shift and next thing you know, at three o'clock in the morning, we're heading up for the Kachika or wherever, you know. So that's honestly, like I say, Jason, Marty and Cam just watching, like going to, going to Cam's house. I'm sure you know Cam's dad. He's got some amazing trophies and uh, he does taxidermy and whatnot. Just seeing some of the seeing like he had get an unreal unreal bighorn unreal stone just seeing some of my buddies like cam has a beautiful stone too and uh just seeing my buddies just going there and hanging out having a beer and checking out their mounts and stuff and then uh like i say going down south meeting mike schroeder and then southern and just kind of seeing seeing what the whole wild sheep society of bc was all about i guess kyle i didn't really at first uh I didn't really know where we were going or how far, or how fast, but, uh, you know, the, the Northern's off, you know, you kind of said there, I think last 415 people, I remember I talked to Sabrina and I was going to sleep and there was like 60 tickets left or something. And I thought, Oh, don't worry. I'll just, I'll just sell those when I get up in the morning. And then I got up in the morning to go to work and there was a message from her saying, Holy bleep, bleep, bleep. 
we sold the northern out in 18 and a half hours 450 people so honestly dude i don't know what it is but i know why i'm here i know why these guys are here and it's just i think it's just going to get better and better to be honest that's awesome buddy uh we're going to deep dive into the show here in a minute but uh before we do that uh cory can you talk a little bit about uh kind of your uh background and where that came from and you know your your upbringing i know you do a lot of sheep hunting with your dad and that sort of stuff if you could talk a little bit to that for us yeah for sure uh very similar to, to rob actually uh living in the peace country uh family grew up uh meat hunting uh, moose deer elk um both grandparents both grandfathers on both sides my dad yeah from a young young age challenged my core when i was 10 years old got my hunting license shot a moose that year uh we spent a lot of time at the range he was a hand loader so just the whole gamut i guess um but yeah not not i didn't start sheep hunting until about 12 years ago was the first sheep hunt i was on and growing up as a friend a good friend of mine his dad was a was an avid sheep hunter so i go to his house and see the mounts and uh but it wasn't till you know till my mid-20s late 20s uh, where uh, i really wanted to try it and uh, had an opportunity to to go with him and my dad um and we went that first year and my dad got a ram and then been hooked ever since i think i've been on probably minimum of one if not two trips every year since so and then in the meantime uh got involved with the wild sheep in the middle there but uh so yeah just uh like everyone once you go yeah the mountains call you back yeah it's uh there's that famous jack o'connor quote right and and uh, i don't have the mug in front of me here but uh it's either you're a sheep hunter or you're not, right? There's no halfway. So you're either hooked on that first one or you're never going to go in the freaking mountains again. That's done. So um, I'm actually, this is kind of a fun year for me because I'm watching, we're doing these podcasts with Steve and Steve, this is, Steve's going to do his first hunt this fall. So I'm, you know, it's kind of been a fun thing watching him and, and hear his story and, and share it with our listeners too, right? So, but uh, yeah, definitely there's no halfway for sure. So Corey, did you, you went on a sheep hunt this fall with your dad, didn't you? right uh i've gone a uh, few trips with my dad uh, uh he had a couple years off with some uh health issues that he didn't go but this this past year uh my brother my dad and myself went rob rob was supposed to come with us but had some uh, work work conflicts so uh, he didn't make it but the three of us went yep so no it's it's been great he's planning for next year as well my dad so nice he he really enjoys it as well so how old's your dad Corey? My dad, he will be this season coming up. He will be sixty-three. Yeah, so it's interesting, you know. You think sheep hunting kind of is a young man's game, but you know, there you go. You got your dad; he's in great shape at sixty-three, still out on the mountain, right? So, um, yeah, I, got, I still got a few years ahead of me. So it's an inspiration. Oh well, man, I hope I hope to be in the mountains at sixty-three. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Okay, so before we jump into the the actual nuts and bolts of the, the northern, um, let's talk a little bit. Let's jump on the project side of things. Um, you know, that we know that there's a ton of money raised for wild sheep through the northern fundraiser, and we actually have through the society a dedicated northern account that that money exclusively goes to wild sheep conservation in the north. We don't spend it on uh, bighorns. We don't send it south. Um, it's spent in northern BC. So. Can you guys just touch on a few of the projects? I don't know if Josh, you want to jump into it or anyone else on some of the projects that you guys are, um, you know, kind of on the radar for 2020, 2021. Sure. Yeah. Um, I guess let's start with like, uh, 
you know, when we started the Northern, when Robbie and Corey started the Northern, it kind of gave us the funds to, for, for the society to start looking at those projects. And then it came to kind of, you know, what can actually be done? What levers are available for you to, to you free to fund projects? What's available out there? And then what connections do we have with the ministry or, or other outside other wildlife organizations to do work? So that's kind of, that's been a learning uh, through all this. And, and now we're gotten to the place where we're getting projects off the ground started. You know, some, some we paid for seed funding, uh, lots of partner projects um, and kind of got the ball rolling from there. But now we're into the stages on some bigger ones. Robin uh, really spearheaded the health assessment on the Williston and schooler herd so that's an ongoing that'll go into year two this year of capture collar and moby testing uh a lot of good information will come out of that we're working in the north like through the toad area for the highway mortality stuff for the salting program helping out with that um burns is a big thing so we kind of look at what's what, what are our limited factors you know i think one thing for sure is that you know we know how lucky we are in the north and we have a pretty what is a continuous population of sheep throughout the region seven and region six i mean there's there's higher density areas and lower density areas but it's still very much intact and 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 whatnot and it's trying to be at a point where we want to be proactive and you know based on the information we have where do we want to see as far as for sheep objectives coming up so that's kind of lots where we look into projects is what 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 can we do and what uh where are we now i guess is you know that get that science behind the projects as well right on josh so one of the things i know from our people our group of members they love seeing burns and uh where are we sitting with that what's our burn situation uh in northern bc right now uh burns have been a struggle for the past few years uh when i got on and we started having these conversations with the ministry it had been a year without burning and that was uh think we're two to three year seasons without prescribed fire now so and that's been that's been not just conservation groups that's uh uh agriculture as well you know for livestock range range use permits and everything so trying to find out i guess what what the obstacles were uh how what the application process is uh what that what kind of content is needed and really find you had to build the rationale you know and then we added the academia side of it uh, to really, it makes a bigger project, but we're gonna have a longer term benefit. So we are in the process right now, we've made applications for uh, burns this coming spring. We have 11 locations selected. Um, we did some vegetation sampling, UNBC has got on board for doing some health assessment. So we're looking at like the serotonin and cortisol levels and the use, we're trying to quantify like by improving habitat what's your lamb recruitment rates and how so how can we really look at what's our objective for winter range you know so that you can have positive lamb recruitment there's all these other challenges too that we're, we're trying to work with in caribou recovery areas so that brings a piece to the table as well so there's, there's a lot of factors but things are looking good we're optimistic that we have a plan it's uh it's it's been presented to flinroll we've addressed most of the uh the concerns and i think i think we're off to a really good really good start. So hopefully 2021 will be our first year in a multi-year burn program. Right on. So would you say that's a primary focus um, for 
for you guys in the north with your projects is habitat enhancement work or you know i guess really the question for you is what's the biggest challenge for northern wild sheep right now our thin horns where what are we concerned most about uh i think i think you have to well you have the highway mortality and that's quite it's restricted to highway areas you have human caused mortality you have predation and you have habitat so i think the predation and the lack of habitat and if there is like starvation of the u or anything else then then that's those are your two big limiting factors would be habitat and predation so that's kind of where we try to main focus those are the the thing and then where in those do we have areas that we can work okay fantastic so big projects for 21 obviously the 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 northern burn um and there's the dunlevy herd um health assessment uh, anything else on the books um, that's coming up that we you're fundraising for right now? Yeah, I'm sure we'll be getting a lot of uh, uh, asks from other groups as well. The ministry is really stepping up. It seems like you know we did uh, we were able to chip in last minute uh, before kind of COVID started. They wanted to do a survey for their southern bighorn here. Uh, we were able to help connect some dots with the ministry so they could get in the chopper and get it done, and then that's kind of rolled into a bigger project that they're working on this year and with the Alberta side as well. So that's, you know, we're starting to look at all these different groups all the way up and, and what needs to be done. And then as far as on the, uh, the West side of the Williston reservoir as well, there's more habitat, uh, assessment work going on this year. Some, a lot more inventories. We're probably going to inventory more sheep this year in the North than we have in years in a long, long time. So that's going to give us a lot more data points as well. Fantastic. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's a big one. We need we need an inventory of the areas to actually find out what's out there for sheep. Yeah, you know, huge, and that's and that's one that people always ask me about too. You know, their their three favorites are fires, predation, and an actual accurate count of how many stone sheep are actually out there in the areas. Yeah, fantastic. Um, any other last thoughts before we jump off the project subject? Anything else, uh, Corey or Robbie, you want to add there? No, just that uh, Josh and Robin are doing an amazing job with the projects. Like they've uh, they've really stepped up in that aspect, and those two pretty much look after majority of the projects in the north. It's awesome work, you guys. That's team effort. Yeah, Everyone sure. plays a pretty key role, you know, as far as between the fundraising and the trying to execute projects and everything else. It's a definitely a group effort. Yep. We got some pretty good funding um, support this year too, HTTF, um, through that Dunlevy project. I know uh, WSF stepped up with Toshodi, so with our burn there. So we, we've got some really good funding partners as well for Northern Projects and um, we'll just continue working on that um, for sure. So. Uh, yeah, nice work, guys, um, on on everything that's going on there in the north. It's uh, it's really exciting to see that attention to detail up there for sure. So. You um, know, Kyle, and just one more thing. Like I think we've uh, when we first started this, you know, we were just kind of the new kids on the block. But um, I've I've built a great relationship as well as the other guys with Caleb and the North Peace Rod and Gun Club, and you know, like you're saying, HCTF and the WSF and. So that's the thing. Like, I think as we grow, I think it's just going to get better and better because now that we're in our fifth year, I think people are more willing to work with us and they've seen some of the results. So I think, uh, 
I think the sky's the limit, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. I guess we should probably, while we're on it, uh, Northeast BC Wildlife Fund as well. We've done work with them and uh, uh, some great opportunities to, to work alongside. So there's a lot of people in the north and a lot of groups and entities that have been huge supporters and uh, a lot of collaboration works. I know, Josh, you've done a ton of work with First Nations in uh, northern BC and built some really healthy, strong relationships that I think that we'll be able to work together on projects in the future as well. It's really going to benefit our northern wild sheep population. Yeah, it's great. People want to work with us, and they're approaching us. And I, I think we're, just, I think we're just going in a, in a great direction as far as conservation projects are involved. Fantastic. All right, so let's let's jump off the uh, project stuff for a bit, and let's take a look at the fundraiser uh, itself. So the Northern fundraiser. Let's talk about a normal year. Let's not talk about twenty one. Let's look at a normal Northern fundraiser. So what can our for so somebody that's never been there? What can they expect when they come to one of the shows on a non-pandemic uh, type year. You guys jump into that. Uh, pretty much a night a night of awesomeness. A night you'll never forget. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, as you've seen, Kyle, like, we we put it on sale November 1st, and I have, I have, like, people's wives call me, message me, oh, my God, my husband's in the deer stand. It's opening day. If I don't get a ticket, he'll kill me. Can you please help me? You know, like people, people are just lined up, man. We have guys come from, from Red Deer, Lethbridge, Grand Prairie, Edmonton, Beast, like Fort Nelson, you know, like it's just, it's insane. So pretty much like during the day you roll in there and we have the booths upstairs and then downstairs there's speeches going on. Um, pretty much, like you say, just pretty much anything you would want to maybe be involved in right and that's where honestly i think in some of the speeches downstairs and some of the booths and just like the camaraderie really like we've we've gained some great people just just in chatting right like when you're waiting for the door to open to the main hall there's a lot of a lot of chitter chatter going on and we've met some great sponsors there and and partnerships and stuff like it's just just a different atmosphere you know and then so you got to go on you have you do your day stuff you have your speeches um you know mike bridger used to do this amazing amazing speech there he'd, he'd show how many sheep were taken and the areas and how things were doing and then you know at like four thirty, five o'clock you open the main doors to the arena floor and it's just like like a black friday sale or like a kid on christmas morning like i've seen some guys that have four or five sheep like record book sheep or you know like high-end guys that went to reno and stuff and we open that door and even they're like holy bleep like this is amazing for you know some guys up north to put together like last year joshy what we have 51 heads in there or something like that in the show yeah it's pretty good so like once the door is open kyle it's just like you're in there and that was our big thing before like we'd have like maybe 5 10 20 heads and Cam, Cam Todd actually took this over for us. Uh, he works on, like, the one year we had no way to mount them on the wall. It actually made a thing that hung off the T-bar ceiling that didn't wreck the walls to hold the mounts. And then at the Encana, he had to totally reinvent the system because they have hockey boards that they're obviously not going to let you do, right? So him and, him and Nathan Austin came up with an idea. And like I say, last year we had 51 sheep heads in there plus caribou. Cam's huge moose. 
one year we had like a 62 inch Marco Polo. Like it's just insane. Like our first couple of years, the people were like, Oh, you know, maybe bring a, bring a head down. And now, now we have to like stop them at 50. Cause we don't, we only have 50 mount, 50 mount holders, you know, like people are just buying in a hundred percent. Yeah. There's and a lot then, of people that work to bring that all together. You know, a lot of people that don't get recognition, but it's, it's awesome. And then, like you say, you come in the door and then people start going to the bars and the drinks flow. And last year we had nine raffles, you know, right there at the start. And it was just lineups everywhere. And we were yeah, able to sell it. Say I think that we sold too, 95% out. The raffles are, yeah, the that... doors open. It's a big, big bad dash for the raffle lineups. And, and I know a couple of years, lots of people that didn't show up in the first hour, they didn't get a raffle ticket. Yeah. You know, especially right something like on the, on the doll sheep hunt. Like Kyle, when, when the first couple shows I went to, and that's what, you know, I didn't know much about it. And the Jason, Marty are like, Hey, let's go. And I'm like, ah, oh, you know, and they're like, well, you have a chance to win a fully guided sheep hunt, you know, for like a hundred dollars or something like that. So like, and then we have some great friends in Dawson that have like uh, life-size doll sheep. And we have, now that we've been enough years, like Kirby killed a great one. Um, another guy out of Fort St. John, his daughter killed one that they won from us. And so these people are starting to bring their sheep to the show. <clears throat> so when we have the doll sheep raffle, we have like an actual doll sheep that was killed on a hunt that somebody won the previous year at the show. So like, like I say, as soon as you open the door, Josh, like Josh was saying, some guys go to the bar and some guys just go right for that sheep hunt. Cause they just, they just, there's only so many tickets, right. And they want to get one or two before, before they get going. And it's just, it's just something else, man. Like once the, once the door opens, it's like a left. And that's, I guess that's when we know that we're about to get real busy, you know, yeah. but it's awesome that, that night, like during the day, there's a lot of running around, but as soon as the doors open there, then we're just like, it's time to go and just Robbie have a great night. You know? work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just the salesman, buddy. That's all and I'm then, here for. And then from then, like from dinner through the agenda, like it's busy, it's into the auction. There's the silent going on the whole, whole time. Like it's usually 25 item auction, 30 items. And then the silence going crazy. Last year was the second year we did the pack horse race and we moved it to the end of the night. And it was, I think it was a great success because, you know, the first three years it kind of the, everyone had had lots to drink before and the auction was over and people kind of filed out this year like dinner was done it was go home time and everybody stayed and just watched like it was like a whole nother part of the show it was great and people were just chatting and mingling and it was a good night it's it's pretty funny to watch from like someone like me that's rode a horse like 10 times in his life to these guys like uh derek passy and his son decker they drove up like the night before the show i managed to have free up two tickets somebody canceled and so I got a hold, Derek and his son had been practicing to do this horse race. And I got a hold of him. I said, listen, you know, like um, two tickets freed up. I don't expect you guys to come. He's like, I'm calling my kid, whatever he's doing right now. He's coming home. He's getting in the truck. We'll be there. And, and it was like a blizzard minus 35. Him and his kid jump in the truck, come up for the night to do the pack horse race. You know, it was just crazy. Like it was a great idea that Josh put together there and, like I say, we had these guys drive in a blizzard so he could bring his 14-year-old son who was too small, so he had to stand on a milk crate to to do to go in the pack horse race. So it was one of the funner things I've seen. Like it was just 
people have a lot of fun and you know it's just something to kind of bring like josh said at the end of the night it just brings the whole room together like you have like there'll be people sitting and mingling but you probably have 150 people standing there watching it you know like it, it's just an awesome atmosphere i think that's awesome man um so you know 21 we know is different um but you know we've made the decision that the show must go on um so can some of you guys when you guys jump into what our 2021 virtual event is going to look like um, compared to previous years Trying to still kind Gosh. of keep a similar format a little bit. We're gonna have uh, we're gonna we're gonna be set up at in Canada Event Center again. Uh, we have a raffle going on right now with Coralines for uh, a custom rifle, so that's uh, that's an Orlin raffle. Um, we're gonna be drawing that then. We're gonna start off in the morning. We'll kind of do like a morning opener. We're gonna have some stuff on Facebook for the day. Hopefully some seminars, and then uh, we'll roll into the evening event that'll be hosted by OnlineHuntingAuctions.com. And uh, we have a fairly good list on there already. We have a, we'll be doing a live auction that we'll have an auctioneer in-house and in Canada Event Center so people can bid online. They could bid over the phone. There's kind of a couple ways, but you definitely need to get registered on there. And then there's a timed auction, which is kind of like the silent, and it'll act just until the time. I think it ends at 8 p.m. Uh, Mountain Standard Time on February 6th there as well. So it's still it's still like the bake sale kind of thing you know it's it's where we're trying to make our funds that we need to operate the stuff in the north i mean that's the that's the key thing is we're putting together this something the best we can and we hope people that same great northern community that shows up for the in-person shows and now at least the rest of the world can co show up too if they want to support stone sheet you know and uh hopefully there's something there for everybody right down from a pocket knife to a trip of a lifetime kind of thing right on josh so a couple things on that with the raffle um, for our, our listeners, they can go to our website. Uh, so typically at an, a Northern show, like you said, the guys are lining up to buy tickets, right? Can't do that this year. You got to go online, go to our website, wildsheepsociety.com slash forward slash raffle. Um, and that Corlane's rifle is awesome. It's a 6.5 PRC custom built. Um, so we got tickets on sale for that. That's probably 65% sold out. It's over half for sure. So it's probably not going to be there for the show. It's going to sell out beforehand, uh, we expect. So you want to get your tickets there. And we're going to be adding some more raffles as well that will be drawn later in the year on our website there as well. So pretty cool. And then online hunting auctions, that's online, right? Just go to their website to register for that for the show. Yep. Go start browsing. Get your line of credit ready. Take your <laughs> second mortgage, whatever you got to do. And what about, um, you, are you guys going to be doing any talks or anything during the day at the Northern there? You guys got anything lined up on that aspect of it? Yeah, we're working on some stuff. Yeah, hopefully we'll have, like I said, we'll hopefully we'll have some uh, some presenters from BIOS or on our burn project and, and see what else we can come up with. Yeah. Okay, so that'll be earlier in the day. We'll go to that. And, um, and I think, did you say... Uh, one of our project partners uh, that was supporting us, is it Krista's going to be on for uh, a talk or is that confirmed yet or what's going on there, Josh? Krista or Alicia. Oh, it's Alicia. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Okay. So um, yeah, that'll be great. And we'll get some updates from uh, the, on the projects and stuff like that as well, I guess. And that sort of thing. Any thoughts on a keynote? Are we going to have a keynote? What's the plan there? Is that still in the works? Still in the works right now. Yeah, but uh, we've got some we got some friends in mind, so we'll reach out and see what we can put together. Okay, awesome. So, okay, so 21's COVID. 
Um, we're doing our thing. What is what does future shows look like? Uh, obviously, more of the good stuff we're doing. Do you guys have any ideas or thoughts of where it's going to change or any new additions planned for subsequent years? Keep trying yeah, to make Steve. It Steve's going to start a show on Prince George. He's pretty quiet. Yeah, he's <laughs> sleeping over there at the wheel or something. There we go. I'm off a of mute now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I hear you talking, I just go, oh. <laughs> yeah, to yeah, you, yeah. I get my accidentally, right? Yeah. So we were just talking about how you're going to start a show in Prince George. Well, I'm thinking about it, but I don't want to take your thunder away, right? Uh, you'll be all right. <laughs> that is There's that a, is one question. That is one question we get a lot. You know, like guys are like all Vanderhoof, Prince George country. Like we have them crazy guys come from all over the country. But who knows? I guess it would have to be like we're doing 450 people. What do you guys do down south now, Kyle? 450 or four something? Around 400. Okay, so if you have 400 down south, 450 up north, I don't know if you'd pull in that. Like, because you're going to have to have three, four hundred people to make another show worth it, right? Yeah. Well, and obviously we want to spread it around and, and, you know, bring it to the entire province. But, you know, one thing that people have to appreciate is it's a huge amount of effort and resources. Like the four of you work on this for three months. That's all you do for three months straight. And when I say three months, I'm not talking about an hour a day here, an hour a day there three, four, five, six, seven hours a day, right? And uh, that's just a fact, right? So, um, you know, that's the north. We still have Kamloops. We're doing the same down there. So, you know, you only have so much bandwidth in terms of being able to, you know, volunteer hours. This is all done on volunteer work. You have zero uh, paid support um, for the north. Yeah, you know, we have some of, um, you know, our bookkeeper, Kelly, comes up and uh, our executive assistant comes up to help out. But 99.9% of it is just volunteer work. So, you know, that's a huge um, – I got a, a ton of respect for what you guys do in the north there. And, uh, you know, people have to realize that the, the amount of effort to put this show on and pull off something that's meaningful, right? Um, it's it's a ton of work for sure. So. Yeah, for sure. So, guys, um, you know, we've got tons of support from our membership and, and beyond our membership as well. Where are we sitting with regards to, do you guys want to, you know, a shout out to some sponsors or donors? You know, there's people that are year in and year out stepping up. And Robbie, you know, you always tell your Kin Thibodeau story, right? Um, you know, and, and so maybe just talk a little bit about, you know, maybe not recognize all our sponsors, but just some of the support we've got and the people that have come, you know, come to our rescue early on when we were just, when you guys were starting the show. I love that story that you tell about uh, Ken. Yeah, so we're talking about doing the Dawson show. I talked to Corey and he's like, yeah, we'll be fine. I'm like, are you sure? He's like, oh yeah, we'll be fine. So I'm like, okay, here we go. I call up Kenny Thibodeau. Him and I have been great friends for, I don't know, 15 years. I met him through Marty and Jason down South there. And anyways, call Kenny up. I'm like, Hey, so me and Corey are going to start the Northern fundraiser in Dawson. And he thinks about it for about five, 10 seconds. And he's like, okay, you guys are ready. I'm like, you know, I'm trying to get like him to talk me out of it. Maybe or I don't know. Right. Like, I'm like, we're not like, I don't know where we're at. Then he's like, yeah. So how many shoulder mounts do you want? And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, yeah, no, you guys are ready. You'll do fine. Like I'll, uh, 
actually, I got to go mow the lawn. Uh, Gerald get the certificate in the mail, and like we had like a thirty-five minute or thirty-second conversation, and he was gone. And I'm not kidding you. Like a week later, his wife sent me the 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 envelope for the shoulder mount. Like, you know, him and I are great friends outside of the wild sheep, but we needed something. We needed a big ticket item because we knew in our first year we couldn't do a shoulder or we couldn't do a sheep hunt. So my next guy was Craig Stoley, right? And I uh, reached out to Craig and he's like, you know, we got this owl and actually here you can see it. You can see it in the background. Look at that beauty right there, boys. You know, that's the, that's the kind of quality that we've come to expect. Like Craig did our first bird. It went well, but the last, I think three years, what are we looking at? Seven, 7,000. 7700 and last year the great gray went for like $8,500 you know so these are just these are just two examples um like uh Joe Loomis trucking in Dawson Creek I didn't me and I've known Joe for a lot, a lot of years 15 years I guess through the oil patch and phoned him up like hey man we're looking for a swirl spotter he's like I'll send my wife to Coraline's right I, he said I'm swamped at work but my wife, Lindsay, will go down to Core Lanes and it'll be ready for your quarry to pick up this afternoon. Uh, Nemesis Oil Field in Fort St. John, they've sponsored the, the rifle for the first three or four years, you know, like X amount of money. It wasn't, it was never like, oh, how much is it? It's just like, hey, I like this brand. I like this style. I like this scope. Get it done. Core Lanes would build it and Nemesis would pick up the cost and away we'd go. Like the list, the list is endless. Um, hollow point out of poos they always make the fun one uh, we get like this uh this i think it's like a yeti 110 what's the real big yeti like the cooler yeah, the 110. one 110. so we get a we get a yeti 110 full of party snacks if you know what i mean and uh so but it it's it only costs x amount of money and uh but it's one of the it's the one at the end of the night you know and i've seen it go for over five thousand dollars so, and it like, and, and that guy too, my dad knew him for years and years and years. I knew his brother, his brother's a great sponsor as well, but I just phoned him up out of the blue and had an idea and he said, okay, I'll give you this much money. And they've done it every year since, you know, so, um, the Jacobson brothers, like they're, they're great. They've, they've always supported us. Like, I don't even know Kyle. the list just goes on and on and on. Like, uh, I kind of have a core group of guys in Dawson. And then Corey has a core group of guys. And then Josh and Robin have a core group of guys in Fort St. John. And it's just, it's just amazing. Like even uh, my old buddy, Chris Gaynor, they're Alberta boy, but you know, he had a, he had an oil patch company and I just were friends on Facebook and had a few whiskeys in real life. And next thing you know, he's, uh, he's supporting us through his company. And he actually brought the first year they were up here working on a big project. So he brought, I think nine guys, nine of his supervisors, they came. And last year, he actually, uh, the Troy Fisher buckle, I don't remember if I told you about that. Uh, Troy got the buckle done, but we couldn't, because of whatever, we couldn't get it to Dawson. So Chris actually was on his way. He turned around in Valley View, drove back an hour and 35 minutes. Troy drove an hour and 30 minutes from his house. They met in the middle, and then Chris brought the, brought the buckle to Dawson for us to uh for us to walk off otherwise we would have never got it like you know it's pretty crazy for these guys to to do stuff for just 
you know, we're, we're good friends and stuff, but, you know, to drive three hours out of your ways to, to make it successful for the boys, pretty awesome. Yeah. Just, you know, just I add on that. Um, yeah, we've had a major, amazing sponsorship and, and amazing support with donations. Uh, we have tons of sponsors that, that sponsor great items and then they go and, and spend a pile of money at the show as well. Uh, and Jacobson contracting for one, that one year they sponsored a $5,000 gun package and then he bought the gun back for $5,000. So, uh, you know, that, that's yeah. unheard of <laughs> to have that kind of support. Um, yeah. These guys are insane. Like he was like, you know what? I know what that gun's worth. It's not going for that money. And then he bought it back for the same amount of money that he paid for it. Like, it's just, it's insane. I guess two of the, two of the other ones we should talk about is uh Coraline sporting goods in Dawson and Backcountry in Fort St. John. Obviously, because I live in Dawson my whole life, I know the Coraline's guys quite well. You know, I've known them for 30 plus years. Um, they're amazing, you know, like they, so we had that one last year. Um, we did a special, we did a special thing with a 4570. And uh, so we had one and uh, we talked with Aaron and Greg and Tim and the boys and they're like, you know what? I said, I wanted to do something for the life members they gave us a 4570 for like 30 cents on the dollar. I'm not even kidding you. That was the one that we gave away in Dawson last year. Every life member in attendance at the Dawson show got their name put in a hat. And then we actually had Coralines come up, draw a name, and then Tim gave the gun to the guy that won it in Dawson. So, you know, like the support we've, we've got from Coralines, you know, they build our custom guns. Plus they pretty much gave us that gun so that we could give it away to our life members. Uh, fantastic support. So moving forward here for 21 um, show dates, uh, where do people go? How do they tune in? Talk, talk us through that. Yes, stay tuned on the social media, I guess, is one of the best ways. Uh, the dates can be February 6th and to go to uh, onlinehuntingauctions.com to register for, for bidding. And you want to do that ahead of time. You don't want to be doing it half an hour or two minutes before the show starts or you're going to miss out. So Yeah, um, do it now. You can watch some of the Sheep Week auctions and and uh, go from there. And, and for our timed auctions, we're hoping to have them open up before the day of the event. So they'll be running ahead of time. So sign up and you can start bidding on those as soon as they open. Nice. There's a pretty sweet looking uh, northern belt buckle that's uh, available. Um, auction item number eight it looks pretty sweet this year. Yeah, it'll yeah. be done uh, today or tomorrow. Custom buckle and everything. It's it's a one-off, right, Robbie? You betcha. Yeah, for sure. Right on. Um, so for our supporters, for anyone that wants to support the Northern Fundraiser, you guys got a ton of support. Guys are already, you know, they underwrite stuff. They go out and they buy binos. Like you said, guys are doing that every single year. If somebody wants to step up and support, uh, how do they go about that? What can they do to support the Northern Fundraiser and, and Northern Wild Sheep Initiatives? Depends what they want to do. If they want a raffle ticket, we can sell those raffle tickets out. You can get them on the Sheep Society website. Uh, you can contact any of us if you want to. If you want to be a donor still to the event, we can still take that on. Contact us, uh, email or through the social media or the website, and, and Michael will get it sent over to us. Um, or you know, sign up, for, sign up for the event. Make sure you're make sure you're there. Or set your reserves and walk and and, and wait. Awesome, gents. Um, you know, just hats off to, uh, I think Robin's listening in, even though he can't uh, communicate, unfortunately, with the technical issues. But uh, just hats off to you guys and what you're doing in the north there. 
and beyond that also the supporters right um, you know like you said those donors that are stepping up we, we've seen you know that's one thing that blew us away about the north uh, you know, Robbie, you talked about the show, and we were pretty nervous. At, well, actually, I, I wasn't part of that decision-making process, but I know there was nerves about that, right? There was concerns about it. And, uh, you know, this is – I know Mike Southern, he'll he'll call me, go, you just can't believe this stuff. You have to see it. You're just blown away by the support from our northern uh, members and, and just donors and just people that want to see uh, Thin Horns thrive in the north. So pretty pretty cool, man. Yeah, I think uh, I think they were a little bit worried at first to be honest. Like once they once they talked me into it, I think they were a little bit worried, but now I think they're I think Southern sleeps pretty good at night now. <laughs> uh gents, we're going to start wrapping up here. Any last thoughts, comments, um anything you want to share with our listeners? Yeah, I would just like to show this to Stephen. Oh, hold on. <laughs> Where's yours? I don't Oh, oh you're, you're lucky. Where's yours, oh, Kyle? Challenge coins are out. Like I said, I didn't put on pants this morning. I got him this morning. <laughs> I got him this morning, Robbie. He pulled up oh, to me like I wouldn't notice. Uh, <laughs> nice. Awesome. I guess I can't really yeah. ask Josh and Star. Do it. Do it. If they can't produce them, it's still drinks, right? Well, here, look. Here, my, mine's right here. I, I can see yours, Rob. Funny story. I had to give mine away to one of our donors. Uh, a backcountry, oh. actually. We have two. They have two owners, and... Rob gave one to Steve, and and Darren didn't get one, so I I went Uh-oh. up and gave Darren mine. So I'll have to order another. Actually, one. that's that's legit, Corey. I got I got one here for you, but actually, yeah, yeah, Corey did. Oh, so that was just one more thing, Kyle. Uh, backcountry Fort Saint John, Darren, Steve, awesome. Like, not like Coralines, man. I couldn't go in there and say hi to these guys. I didn't know them from a hole in the ground. Uh, the first year, and we were a little bit worried about competing with the North or the North Peace Rod and Gun Club stuff that they do. And uh, these guys have been amazing. You know, I didn't really know them. We walked in there, uh, walked out with like a $700 titanium carbon fiber tent. Like Corey's up there all the time, and Steve and Darren are awesome. So yeah, he did. He bailed me out. I only had one coin, so I had to give it to one owner. And Corey had to bail back and give him his personal coin to to make things right. So I'll have to get you a new one, Cor. I'd say, uh, you know, thanks to the, the donors and the, you know, members, if you're not a member, sign up for sure. Uh, sports don't cheap if you want to you know, take part in this event. And then definitely thanks to Sherry Huff out of Fort St. John too. She's been helping us a lot this year since Sabrina left. That's big shoes to fill from now is a huge asset for playing in the Northern. So yeah, so she's pretty awesome. Yeah, so uh, I, I hopefully it goes well. Speaking of uh, speaking of memberships, I got I've been working on a guy out of Alberta, and uh, he bought a membership of ours today. And he goes something about I bought I bought yours, you bought mine. I guess I guess he really didn't know that I've had this for two and a half years. But I uh, <laughs> I totally got him. He's like, I'll buy yours if you buy mine. And I'm like, deal. Give me fifteen minutes and. Yeah, I've had this for like two and a half years. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I so, seen that this morning. Uh, Lance signed up, and uh, I was pretty stoked. I thought of you. I know you've been bugging Lance for a long time to sign up as a as a life member. So pretty cool to see him sign up for sure. Nice work. Yeah, the, there's another guy too, Pauly. Pauly's okay. the one that texted me this morning. Paul Chambers. Nice. Yeah. He doesn't. He Thanks. doesn't know that I have that yet. I'll, I'll text him this picture when we're done the podcast. 
awesome. <laughs> oh, that's good, man. Like, guys, it's crazy, man. We're getting people all over the place wanting to sign up because we're doing such good things. Like, north, south, it doesn't matter. Like, the Wild Sheep Society BC is, is doing some pretty amazing things. Yeah. Awesome, guys. Well, for sure, uh, can't, can't disagree with that. I think that's a good way to wrap this up. And um, you guys are a big part of that in the north. Just a beautiful thing to watch. And uh, wish you all the luck on our February 6th show. It's going to be a great time. And uh, wish you guys uh, uh, a good uh, winter. And look forward to a normal fall and, uh, and uh, things going back to normal so we can have our show next year. Yes, sir. Yeah. All right. Thanks, boys. We'll call our day. Well, there. Well, Ram Wrecker just showed up. They can see his his beautiful bearded thing. (laughs) I've been here the whole time.